hello, and welcome to Movie Trailer Trash. My name is Charlie. And I'm Bethany. Do you like the new intro, by the way? I like how you acted as if you just like got caught somewhere like oh hello oh my like, i didn't oh, expect you wow you're listening excuse me this is my bedroom I good was sir i suddenly made aware that people are listening to us my stars anyway this it's is fun mo- oh. <laughs> i like the new intro i think it uh speaks more to the pace of the world right now yeah because it seems pretty happy go lucky like you're going on a walk I didn't outside say the mood i said the pace oh, the-, <laughs> the other one was a lot more you know faster and whatever and this is more like Bing bong bong bing bong bing bong bong. <laughs> you know, it's like you nailed it. Just strolling along, keeping our distance. Yeah, exactly. Six feet apart. <laughs> I hope that all of you are six feet apart out there. And actually, Bethany and I have changed our setup a little bit to be over six feet apart. Not because of social distancing, but just because of audio quality, mostly. Right. Um. I must be honest with you all. I am not keeping six feet distance from my husband at all times. I'm trying, but she keeps chasing (laughs) after me. Anyway, this is part two of our current series called Good vs. Evil. Um, If you haven't heard part one, go ahead. Go listen to it. It's it's the last episode we did, and it's pretty fun. Um, During this part, we're going to talk about movies that have villains or bad guys or sometimes even heroes that are in more of a gray area. The gray area. This is called gray versus gray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got, you know, the good versus evil was our last episode. We talked about really kind of just black and white. He's good, he's evil, or she or he or whatever. There's a clear villain, a clear good guy. You're rooting for one side. And a lot of times the the evil is just evil and there's no explanation. A and, lot of times. And almost 100% of the time evil loses i would hope well that's what i'm saying is that that's that i would hope would you hope maybe i mean not. maybe i would hope but as i've said before that's not how it works right but also as i've said before you don't necessarily go to a movie to feel like you're in reality <laughs> you know it wouldn't it be great if if good always triumphed you know and speaking of good triumphing yes which is how you pronounce that word triumphing yeah the triumphing the movies that we're going to talk about today we're just going to go through a few of them i've set up some categories um and we're going to talk about the movies that kind of have sympathetic bad guys um complex bad guys complex we're going to do sympathetic first because um i think that this grouping of movies does it best of anyone ever which is marvel movies okay um almost the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a sympathetic bad guy in their movie, with very few exceptions. Right. Uh, the first right. couple of movies, um, you know, with the Hulk and Iron Man, when they're still getting their, you know, <clears throat> getting their style going. Right. But basically anything with Loki um, of course. involved is, yes. is a sympathetic bad guy. It's like, why do I so badly not want you to die? Um, <laughs> I'm used to the bad guys wanting them d- to die, but whenever you die, which is many a time that we think you're dead, I'm sad every time. A great example is Black Panther, which yes. a lot of people just have said both of them are right. Right. <laughs> well, I think that the thing that is so good about Black Panther is that the king, 
okay, of Wakanda, he goes into that kind of other realm where he gets to see his ancestors who have passed on, the kings that have passed on before him, and he tells his father he was wrong. Yeah. So, like, even though this guy is threatening everything, he's, you know, threatening his world, he still sees how this guy was a victim of his father who's supposed to be the good guy, you know? Well, and basically the entire <laughs> his time... made a mistake. The entirety of the movie. So Michael B. Jordan is the bad guy, plays Eric Killmonger, which, just a just a wild name. <laughs> and um, Michael B. Jordan is so excellent. The entire movie, he doesn't really say anything that is, like, evil. No, he brings up a lot of great points right he talks about basically how unfair it is that wakanda keeps all this incredible technology that could help the world to themselves he says really reasonable things in a really evil villainous way yeah and, and so you get tricked by it like you think you're like oh he's the bad guy but then when you actually think about it you're like oh, maybe not really he's like meanwhile i grew up on the other in another part of the world poor and miserable where you know, black well, and people he was like a... me are treated poorly and differently, like second class citizens. And then you guys live like kings, literal kings, and you have a technology that could have helped your people. And he was like a soldier place. that like a special op soldier that was sent all over the place, saw right. all of he the extreme poverty that was going on everywhere else world in the world, was. especially in Africa, that like all of this could have helped to right. alleviate. So that is probably he's still doing something bad though because he still wants to give the technology to like everyone including the bad guys and it's gonna cause problems yeah he's he's a libertarian but um (laughs) everyone so he um is a that's a very good example of it um of just like a a bad guy that maybe isn't really a bad guy like they just trick you by the way that their movie is doing bad things um so he's still a bad guy but he's just it's gray obviously the loki stuff um, to a slight, to a much lesser degree, um, you have Thanos, who is a bad guy because he's trying to kill half of the universe. Right, pretty um, straight bad guy to me. But he's doing it for the purpose of trying to save the universe. That's his. So that's his explanation. Okay, and Charlie says that makes him gray, but I disagree. It doesn't make um, him a good guy or even sympathetic, really. It just makes him not a evil straight, presence. No, I still think he's straight evil. It's like, I was thinking of this earlier. It's a perfect example. That would be like saying um, Jigsaw in the Saw movies isn't evil because he's trying to show these people that if if you survive this terrible thing I'm putting you through, then you'll appreciate life the way you should have all along. No, because he's not it's trying like, to help Just because you have someone. some twisted reason... Jigsaw thinks he's helping these people. Their he's lives will be better once they've experienced near death. So, and that, if they don't that, do it, then that's an unfortunate side effect if they die. But <laughs> that's the that's the only like part of it. Like everything everything else about him and all of his different like weird you know philosophies and stuff like that. They're all bad guy. That just that one single part of it is the motive. Right. I'm just saying that I think that's how Thanos is. He has some twisted reason. Yeah. Like yeah. I think his he, that his plan is not good for the world, but <laughs> right. I'm evil. Because that's a thing with Marvel in general where it where th- him and um Doctor Doom in the comic books are very Ultron. much very similar. Yeah, Ultron where they want to control the earth or the galaxy because for the sake best. of protecting and helping the people thrive on it. Like that's that's their motivation. 
Well, not right. not Ultron. Not, Ultron, not Ultron just, he wants, just to... wants to protect the Earth. Yeah, he wants to kill people to save the Earth. The classic Doctor Doom, though, like he the classic le- he kill all the people save the Earth plan. He legitimately believes, with no ulterior motive, that the world will only be saved if he's in charge of it. Who and that's does? why he's evil. Doctor Doom? Yeah. In in the newer versions of the comic book. In the old one, he just he just I is, like that. is crazy. Um he's just wild. He's like, ah, I'll get the Avengers uh, with Spider Man, use him as bait. Right. Um and so there's that. I think that that would probably be a good overarching villain for the next phase of Marvel, but that's anyway, that's go not on. a conversation for now. Um and then the one that we're gonna talk about a little bit more. It, or actually, there's also Winter Soldier, which is right. the whole Captain America being deceived by his government. Uh, well, yeah. Winter Soldier is not an actual bad guy, but one that was brainwashed and used by He's another government. A victim, yeah. So there's a those lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on in Winter Soldier. The good guys aren't the good guys. The government that you think are the good guys are actually and the bad guy isn't a bad guy, right? Um, so that's really good. But the main one that we are going to go through right now is Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. And I told Charlie I want to talk about this one because I think it's very realistic. Obviously not with all the technology and stuff, all of Stark's technology. But um, the thing that's realistic about it is somebody doing something bad to help their family. Right. So the big moral dilemma that people always use is, would you steal bread to feed your family? And I said, this is kind of would you steal guns and sell them to bad guys to feed your family? Right. Right. So it takes <laughs> it a, a step different. further, but it pushes it. So then it's more evil than just stealing bread. Well, and so but you're also still trying to make a living for your family, trying to make it work. Um, I'm trying to remember in this one, what's the guy's name? The vulture. Yeah. So in, did the vulture like lose his job because of Stark as well? Yes. Okay. So yeah. So it's like, it's not just, like, he's not just a weapons seller in the first place. He lost his job because of Tony Stark. Right, which is... And so it's a little bit of payback for Tony Stark, but also he needs a job. Well, that's the thing with uh, the Spider-Man movies, or at least the last two, is that both of the villains are, like, leftover from Tony Stark screwing them. Right, and the leftovers. So, like, that's been a common theme throughout a lot of this. Yeah. That's not. That's several of the movies talk about people basically being hurt by Tony Stark. Right, and there's and you know there's a ton Civil of comic War. books that are like that as well. Um, the because like we said before earlier in this podcast, the right. thing about the first Iron Man movie is that Tony Stark was a bad guy. Like right, he was yeah. one of the bad guys before well, he had that life changing experience. He had there's fallout, and they talk about it again and again. Um, and so in this one, it's much smaller scale, much easier to understand. Yeah. Um the the way that he's a villain is I I kind of relate it to Walter White and um Right. Breaking Bad. probably worse. But like when he you, shouldn't be helping to uh, addicts get their drug, but you're helping murderers get their guns. But That's the thing real bad. also with this is he has the similar mindset which is also kind of is portraying the um wealthy thing that we were talking about before where it was the theme of like people who are wealthy will do anything to keep their wealth right just <coughs> we to talked be able about to keep it uh we talked about it during uh another episode oh no i talked about it in our in my article 
oh, with okay. Knives Out. Okay. Um, and the lengths that people will go to to they don't mention this really in the movie, but when they go to his house, spoiler, his daughter is Liz. Yeah. Um, the love interest in Spider-Man Homecoming. If you haven't seen Homecoming by now, you're several movies behind. <laughs> um, when they go to his house, it's this gigantic house, and they're very wealthy. He yeah, drives a really nice, nice car, and then he uses the explanation of he has to keep doing this in order to support his family, when really he's like, doing this <laughs> to support his family's lifestyle that they've right. become he accustomed wanna... to. Yeah, and that's so good. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. That's part of the reason why he's a bad guy, um, but I don't think he sees it that way. Like, th- like just like just like how Walter White was doing this to, like he didn't need to keep doing it. But Walter White is a is clearly a bad guy. I mean, yeah, he, he so didn't even need to do it in the first place. He had friends who would just give him the money, but his pride got in the way. Exactly, and the vulture probably could have taken a job at a grocery store. Right. That's that's you know that's what I'm saying is that he could have done into other upper things. Got middle management and been fine. <laughs> he let this get the better of him. He right. went a little crazy. He he just like killed that one guy just because he screwed up. Classic villain stuff. Right. Um. He attacks a child. Uh, yeah. So classic villain. Multiple times. Um. And so that that is a really good one because it has a lot of gray area. It has right. a very understandable reason to be a criminal on the surface, and then underneath of that, it has like, oh, but you don't really there need to be a criminal. There are enough layers that it's like, you're obviously still bad, <laughs> right? but you bring up some good points. It's kind of like Killmonger. It's like, you're you're doing this thing that is bad, but you're bringing up some real good points about Tony Stark and the problems in the world. Yes. Um, similar also to the, the next uh, Spider-Man movie, um, but... We won't talk about that one as much. I think we've talked about Marvel for <laughs> for enough for right now. They're right. very good at it. One of their goals, I think, when they're making movies is to have a sympathetic villain. Right. Um, in some fashion. Not necessarily that they are, you're rooting for them. No, but, yeah. But, you know. So, it's I'll move on. It's good writing. It's, and I think that's the yeah. point, by the way, of this whole thing, is that Charlie was saying, generally, he gets a little bit bored with the simplistic good versus evil. And that's why we're doing this whole series. To talk about, like, see how when you have complex villains and more sympathetic villains it becomes a better movie and that's one of the reasons that i like marvel movies so much it's like yes they're predictable and they follow the same formula almost all the time you know it's it's a superhero movie there's gonna be something that happens there's gonna be a bad guy the good guy's probably gonna win in the end there's been one time where or twice where they haven't and you know, there's going to be action sequences and stuff like that. But what makes them different is this are the characters. And so and that's probably why I like it the most. Right. Let's move on to some kids movies. Children's movies with bad guys. With bad guys. They're bad and they don't know it. Here's the thing that's interesting is you would assume kids movies because they're working they're made for children would keep it pretty simple right Right. because a lot of times you think well children need the simple good versus evil so that they can learn lessons right Mm -hmm. but in reality and i i can't remember who said this uh but there's an author who was talking about writing children's books and they were saying you know a lot of people who want to write children's books they they want it to be happy but when you ask most 
a lot of kids what their favorite book is. Little kids, they'll say Charlotte's Web. And you'll talk to them about, well, wasn't it sad at the end? And they're like, yeah, it was so sad. It's because even though they're children, they still, their brains still want that, the complex emotions. Right? Yeah. Well, they're your brain. Children aren't happy all the time. Biological level loves to be surprised. Right. And to figure things out. When right. you figure something out in your brain, it makes you happy. Right. Even that's, if it's that's figuring science. out something bad. And so um, <laughs> I always thought that was interesting is that like we don't need to underestimate children. And I think these movies do a good job of not underestimating children. And so I'll briefly mention um, Toy Story 4, which has the sympathetic villain of the doll that just wants to have a voice box so that they can be loved. Right. If I could just get a voice box, then that little girl took me home and loved me. A real corduroy situation. Um, Aww. The if I just had a button. Yeah. <laughs> then um, one of our favorite uh, kids movie series, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, just talk about the first one. Right. Because that's the biggest one. Where They're all so good, though, guys. If you haven't got on it, get on the Train Your Dragon train. Yeah. <laughs> you... <laughs> Hop on it. You assume that, you know, this is going to be a story about fighting dragons. The kid's going to find his confidence and he's going to, you know, defeat the dragon in the end. Um, but what actually happens is he is a kind pacifist, really. Pacifist that stumbles into uh, befriending a dragon because he can't kill it. He can't bring himself to kill it. And eventually convinces the rest of his village and people that we should work with the dragons not fight them right and he ended he ends up changing their way of life completely yes from uh you know from constant terror of trying to protect themselves from dragons to living in harmony with which them. um a th- good thing about the series not really part of the you know gray area bad guy thing but they build on that on each movie instead of right. just erasing it and then doing it again right it's so good so that's a really good one for that. And now the one that we've seen the most recently um, that we mentioned previously in the last it's episode for different reasons. Movie. Uh, Moana. Moana. McWay. Yes. <laughs> um, Moana. It's time you knew. Um, so Moana, um, the bad guy in Moana, there's a couple of minor bad guys, but the big bad is Taka, which is a big lava monster who is guarding um an island that's keeping you from returning the heart the heart of tafiti which right. is a um godlike island that it's an island that is a god that creates life creates life um when you the power to create life when they get to the deal. end of the movie uh there's a big fight with taka a big lava fight looks really cool and moana figures out that uh taka is actually Tafiti. Is actually Tafiti, who has lost her heart and become a monster. And when it's given back to her, she changes into Tafiti and everything is solved. Right. She can create life again. She's been given her heart back. So the islands won't die anymore and everything is right with the world. And so this is kind of the bizarro version of what I didn't like about Lord of the Rings when we were talking in our last episode. Okay. Is you have this thing. It needs to be returned. Right, the heart. It needs to be returned or destroyed or sent back to where it came and then everything will be fixed. Right. The difference in this one is that 
you have this kind of it would be like if in Lord of the Rings he realized that the eye or whatever needed the ring in order to be released from its fiery prison right, and then he became like what he needed to become and was a, and was good and right which i don't think that would have worked <laughs> it's a different type of thing but you're right so i mean i i wrote a blog about this for our website a while back um, because i love this movie and i talked very extensively about it and what makes it so great but um basically what it comes down to is this is the only disney movie that i know of where instead of defeating a villain you saved the villain right the villain was saved it wasn't you know you thought taka needed to be defeated but taka was just hurting Mm -hmm. and she needed her heart well and also the great thing about it is that there was i mean i've watched this movie five times in the last week or so (laughs) and so as far as i can tell there's really no hint as to this is what's happening until you find out that until the moment it lifts up and you see it the swirl on Taka's chest right um i don't know this is just a random little aside but i don't know how maui found out that the lava monster called itself Taka. <laughs> like did it rise up and say like i am Taka. give me that heart hello <laughs> um but because uh, yeah it's Taka when it's the monster it's Tafiti. maybe Maui just named it who knows um, but I think what's interesting is that Moana was the perfect uh, protagonist who had the kind heart to to notice to stop and notice that Taka was actually Tafiti. I don't think that Maui could have done it I think he would have been too you know in the mood to fight he was ready well, to he fight. tried twice right and I don't but I'm saying I don't <laughs> think that he had what it took to realize to notice and she noticed and it's beautiful she holds up the heart and she tells taka that you know this isn't who you are and it doesn't have to be who you who you are bethany's crying bethany is weeping right now openly weeping no it's beautiful though i love the scene she walks out to her and taka's all like (laughs) super scary but moana's just sure-footed and brave so there there's a bunch of other uh kids movies that have this um we, i was trying to think of some and i because i couldn't find there's one. a whole bunch i can't name any right now but there's a but, lot of them but there's <laughs> so i mean when you think about pixar movies in general a lot of them have that kind of similar setup yeah um of just like you know they're trying to do something they're they're monsters inc they're desperate for energy and so they're trying to harness it in a really evil way. <laughs> right. Um, they're trying then, to pull it out of children via machine. Uh, the Incredibles, uh, Incrediboy felt slighted and hurt. You get to see you get to see where he was hurt. He's not right. just a bad guy. You you know, Bugs Life. No, those <laughs> guys are evil. <laughs> F those grasshoppers, man. F those grasshoppers, man. All right. Well, let's move on to dramas because there's um. There's quite a few, obviously. There's um, some famous ones like Blade Runner, where he ends up being a victim in the end. Um, not right. saved, but a victim. <laughs> yeah, he's not saved. Um, there's The Usual Suspects, which is more of a twist at the very end. One of the more right. famous twists in movie history. Um, you have a couple of horror movies. Psycho. Um, more of just kind of insane, but also you get to kind of hear a little bit of his backstory 
a near the bit. end and realize why he had gone insane and why he was obsessed with his mother and everything like that. And then Carrie, another horror movie. The whole movie is basically about poor Carrie. Right, and exactly. And how awful her life is. And then she kills a bunch of people, uh, yeah. which is which is kind of the setup of... Can uh, you blame her? <laughs> of Chronicle as well. Right. Where, um, if you haven't seen Chronicle... He's been picked on enough, and then... Yeah, it's basically somebody who's been bullied and picked on, and then all of a sudden they're given the power to fight back, and they take and it a little they do. too far. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then the one we'll talk about very briefly, because we don't want to spoil it for anyone, is um, Parasite, which... One of the reasons that I really like that movie is that there, there's a lot going on and it's about wealth disparity between the rich and the poor right? and how their lives are so much different and how they treat each other. But there's no real clear-cut um, antagonist in it. Right. So um, since this was one Best Picture this year and it's still fairly new, we're not going to spoil it, but... You know, a lot of things just portray the wealthy as the bad guys cut and dry. Whereas in this, the wealthy family isn't necessarily bad. They're they're mostly naive and or dumb. Yeah, they're naive. And when maybe, they're doing bad things, that's that's what it is. Maybe they're a little demeaning. Right. But mostly the mother just wants to do what's best for her family. And same thing with the poorer family. And then yeah, the the like, the main not good. The things they're doing, they're they're being tricky. Yeah, they're deceiving people. You know, so but ultimately, nobody is perfect up to a point. Nobody is good and nobody is bad. No one is being like hurt by it. They're just they're just yeah. they're just lying. They're lying on a resume is pretty much what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for the most part. I mean, there there's gets to be more extreme it's a circumstances, real simplistic but way of looking at it. Um. And so that one's very good. That has a lot of middle ground, a lot of things to talk about and debate if you want to do that uh, after watching a movie, if that's your thing. Um, going to move on to one of our favorite twist endings um, in any movie, which is Searching. And this one we are going to spoil? Yeah, yeah. We'll have spoilers so, in it because, I mean, that's the main thing. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Searching, now's your moment. Go ahead, hit pause. Go watch it and come back. Yeah, go watch it. It's very good. Honestly, it's the type of movie where I would watch it again, even though I know the end. Yes. And we haven't yet, but we're going to. Um, so we'll go into it. So Searching is about a mystery. Guy loses his daughter and he's she looking for her. Missing, yeah. Um, the... And so there's who's a the lot bad guy? he's that's his whole thing is who took my daughter right who is the bad guy is the question of the entire movie and it's him working with a detective she wouldn't have just disappeared uh deborah messing who is pretty much the only person who's taking him seriously during the entire movie uh because well, he... i mean she's in she's been tasked with helping him right well so yeah, it's not but... that other people aren't taking him seriously but also she's like she's just in charge she's accepting calls from him late into the night and everything she's being right. helpful she's being extremely empathetic of his plight yes. she's a parent she knows how hard this must be she's allowing him to help with the search even though really he probably should just let her handle it but she feels bad so she wants him to have some say and so there's a few times where you think that you're figuring out who the bad guy is. You think that you're that he's closing in on someone, and it turns out they didn't have anything to do with it. Right. They weren't around during that time. 
whatever. He's finding stuff out about his daughter that he never knew through interviewing classmates and things like that. And then it turns out in the end. It's you want me to. okay? Yeah. (laughs) In the end, um, Deborah Messing's son, basically her, her daughter, his daughter. It wasn't purposeful it wasn't malicious and that's again where the gray area comes in so um the lady who is the detective who has been working with him this whole time is actually trying to protect her son so it's like while he's trying to find his daughter uh deborah messing believes that her son has accidentally killed her because he was obsessed with her he just wanted to say hi he came he approached her at night she got scared and ran away fell off a cliff and presumably died and he told his mom i don't know what to do and his mom knew like he'd go to jail like you can't just say it was an accident people aren't going to just believe that and so she actually volunteered to be the head detective on his case yes so she could protect her son and yeah she protected him she covered it up and she is going to be the one that ends up going to jail because for it all um they found her they found his daughter alive at the bottom of that cliff and the double twist, the second twist. Yes, that is the second twist that comes That's after they just arrest. So her. effing good, is, you know, like <laughs> they're all. What is it that he says? Um, like he basically tells her, like, do you know that she was dead? Like you could have saved, tried to help her, and she was like, she said basically, "There's no way. There's no way she would have been. She would have been able to survive that fall, and even if she had." By now, she'd be dead because you can't survive that long without food or water. Right. And then he says, how long can you go without water? And then he realizes it rained. Right. What? <laughs> oh, man. Um, what a twist. And, and let so me then, tell you, the performances are awesome, guys. And so the twist is l- less of a gray area thing. Um, I think that a lot of people can connect and sympathize with the urge to protect a loved one from danger. I mean, there's that, there's that question, that silly question that uh, friends ask each other about, like, you know, if someone shows up and they just said that they accidentally killed someone, would you help them bury the body? Would you help them bury the body or would you tell uh, the police? Such a dumb question, guys, which such a dumb question. Don't, don't help people bury bodies, which first of all, don't, Even hypothetically. Don't, don't touch a dead body ever <laughs> for any reason. Second of all, there's Unless so many variables in that. Was that person attacking you? Where where were you? You know, was it a was it? It's some supposed sort to be no questions asked. High ranking official. Yeah, well, and I've, that's what I'm saying. I have never well, accepted have anything at no questions <laughs> asked. Um, but yeah, I mean the idea so the gray area is Deborah Messing isn't evil. She's just ride or die. But she did something <laughs> very evil. She basically decided that the most important thing was protecting her son, even if she could potentially help this girl. Because she knew that the girl might not have died. Like, there's a chance she's down there. Just call 911. Just call 911. Always just call 911. Just say, I was out here and I heard a girl scream. Yeah. I mean, there had to have been better situations. I don't know. And the, and so this movie has a lot of moments that really like you know, they try and they try and misdirect you and they try and uh, get you to believe it was someone else. There's this weird thing with the uncle where they try and um, maybe you think maybe he did something make you bad. think that he was involved in it in some way. Turns out he's just like selling her drugs, <laughs> just pot. Yeah. 
Um, and so that is that's one of our favorites for the reason of the the double twist first of all, and um, also the the motive for it is something that you can really see happening in real life that just gets out well, of hand. And something that I think is interesting is like Deborah Messing's character never wanted this girl to die. Obviously, she's not bad in that way. She also neither did the son. Feels yeah, and she also genuinely feels sorrow for him like that's why she's so able to com- to convince him she's good because she clearly is relating to him and feeling sorry for him because she knows how awful that must be she loves her son she'd never want to lose him so um there's a couple different times where she talks about protecting her son too and it sounds like basically this woman yeah it's just too ride or die like there's this uh moment where she talks about him getting in trouble and her basically stepping in and lying for him to help him out. And it's like, well, that's not a good parent. Yeah. She tells an old story about like that. Yeah. It's a parent who thinks they're doing what's best, you know, even though it's wrong. So like we said, she's still a villain. She's a bad person. She does really bad things in it to cover her tracks as well. Right. She ends up actually murdering somebody. Uh, They can't prove that necessarily, which is not allowed. I don't know if you know that. It's not Okay pretty bad thing to do so um if you haven't seen it and you didn't care about the spoilers i'd still say it's worth a watch because it is so good yeah and we haven't told you exactly how it all goes down so like i could totally see you be watching it and be like wait so how what there are a few (laughs) times where um i believe that she gives it away a couple times throughout the movie I can't remember where, but right, I remember like reading you know something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you know what's happening, you'll see. Th- obviously, any good twist will be, be hinting at you throughout. Right. It's, you know, um, the performances are amazing. Watching John Cho. Mm-hmm. John Cho is the main character, and just watching him being a grieving father is so emotional for me. It's incredible. He's so incredible. Yeah. Well, and also you have an up situation at the very beginning. Yep, you do. You have the little bit where they kind of go through their entire family history. Which kind of, by the way, reminded me of, do you remember that old uh, Google commercial where like it um, played the kids basically entire childhood through uh, like Google products and photos and nope. stuff? I think that's when Google still had uh, Picasso. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, yeah, good. Well, I hope someone out there appreciates that old <laughs> Google reference. <laughs> yeah. So that is where... We are going to wrap up our right. gray area episode, part two of Good versus Those Evil. Those are a few examples of why it's kind of good to not always have it be black and white. I think it's something that is very important to try and do in your writing, unless you are like specifically trying to portray something right. um, that would make sense with a Good versus Evil thing. Then choosing to do that just seems lazier to me right well i mean there are certain instances where we don't really need to sympathize with the villains uh if they're nazis we don't need to sympathize with them and that's i think often why there's a lot of nazi movies because it's a big bad guy you can just hate. yeah uh so we've said the same with zombies you nazis, and I have talked zombies, about that. however that doesn't mean that there aren't times where things can happen like with um warm bodies <laughs> where she does sympathize with a zombie so, I mean, you know, I think sometimes... That sounds like a movie just, title. Sympathize with a zombie. I think that what it comes down to is it's a trickier thing to do as a writer. And so sometimes it can seem lazy if you don't find a way to give more complexity to your villains. 
your antagonists. But um, I also think, you know, if you go back and listen to our last episode, if you heard it, you can see how those are some awesome, awesome movies. And sometimes it's fun to just have a big bad guy to fight. And sometimes it's really, really inspiring to just watch good beat evil. As simple as that, you know? And so I think that they both have their merits. Right. And that's all I have to say. So next time we're going to do something pretty fun, uh, which is in part three, we are going to take some of our favorite movies um, that are just good versus evil. Um, they'll, They'll have a little bit more complexity in there, but for the most part are good versus evil. And we're going to change them up a little bit to try and make the bad guy in it, the villain in it, more complex than they actually are. Right. And we're looking forward to that. And I think we have decided that this three-part series will actually be a four-part series because Charlie convinced me to just help him come up with our own our own ninth episode, episode of Star Wars. Right. And we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with it. We'll see if it's any good and we'll let you guys see yeah, it. Yeah, you guys can laugh at us. That's fine. <laughs> you know, uh we're by no means saying like, "Oh, I could do better but well no we're saying we could do better we we can do different we're saying we could do different <laughs> and uh the, the bare minimum that we're saying is that we can do it without having the emperor in it yes that's the bare minimum yep and so if you want to see how we do it tune into the fourth one as well part four baby check that's us a, that's out a one v check us out on all our platforms facebook IP. twitter you can find us at movies trailers trash.com yeah movies trailers trash yeah we're plural now folks yeah um check us out read our articles there's lots of fun stuff coming your way yeah we just had um busy uh my brother put up a is putting up a series of articles about the history of the marvel cinematic universe just running through uh each movie in a very funny way and just they're very good they're very funny He's an expert, so to speak. Yes, he's seen them all many times. <laughs> and um, those will be up every Tuesday and Thursday. You can also listen to our pod- our podcast, which is the Brothers Marvel, um, right. where we read 1960s comic books and talk about them. And so those will be up on a regular schedule shortly as well. Um, that's all for me. That's all for me. See you guys later. Live from the middle ground. Goodbye.